I'm the person who has seen this show before I'm a person who's never watched an anime Hero Babble, we are Hero Babble. Hero Babble, we are Hero Babble. For Christmas. Hey, 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 hello and welcome back to the Hero Babble podcast. I'm your host, Michael. And I'm Spencer. And today's a special episode, folks. Uh, Spencer, you want to tell them why? I do. For any, why don't we tell them together? You got it. It's the Hero Babble 15 YouTube Subscriber Spectacular Holiday Special. And let me just start this off by saying right off the rip, we're super excited. We're super excited. 15 subscribers. We set this goal years ago. And we didn't tell anyone. We no. didn't tell anyone about this. this Not is even actually, each other. No. And that's kind of what makes today special. It's a surprise. Right. Uh, but, I mean, the fact that we even have one subscriber would be enough for us. Uh, and it probably is us. We were calling this the 14th subscriber, and we recently got our 15th subscriber, so shout out to them. Yeah, and it looks like Santa came early this year, and maybe he's the 15th, you know, missing link, but whoever it was, and whoever you are that is subscribed, we appreciate you, and we just are really thankful for you guys tuning in every week to hear our thoughts on Neon Genesis Evangelion, but today, we're not talking about Neon Genesis. Uh, we're going to change it up a little bit. And that's where the holiday spectacular special comes into play. Extravaganza. Oh, extravaganza. Thank you. In uh, today's episode, we're actually covering the film Tokyo Godfathers, which is a Christmas special uh, that, you know, came out back in 2003. It's one Spencer and I had never seen before, but we figured, hey, tis the season. 2020 has been a bit of a wild year. How about we turn back the clock a bit and watch, you know, what is essentially considered a classic amongst anime fans and, you know, considering I'm the guy that claims to watch all the anime, uh, <laughs> I figure I should probably add it to my, you know, portfolio of watched shows or movies. I should yeah, say. we wanted to do something special for the holidays. I asked for any, are there any, you know, holiday themed <laughs> animes? He goes, well. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, we pulled up some lists and decided on this one. And to be completely honest, I mean, we, we went in pretty much blind. Uh, we never, I, I mean, in terms of when we talk about the show Hero Babble, you know, we always have a pretty good structured plan. I mean, as we're going through Neon Genesis, we know the episodes we're going to watch. When we come back, we take really detailed notes. Uh, but this time, we both just kind of watched the movie on our own time, and we're going to be... You know, going back and forth discussing what we really liked about it, you know, things that stood out to us, and uh, especially from Spencer's perspective, this is kind of his first, you know, big anime film that he's watched, so I'm really curious to see and hear, you know, what your thoughts are on it, because uh, this one is definitely kind of a, I wouldn't say an oddity, but it highlights a part of Japan that isn't really shown, the homeless, you know? Right. I, I, I feel like a lot of the time when Tokyo is shown in anime, it's like this, you know, really high tech, advanced society, you know, everything's clean. Everyone there is really hardworking and stuff like that. And it does beg the question, well, is there homelessness? And this anime really kind of dives deep into what that dynamic looks like. Yeah. This anime felt, it, I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but it felt kind of Americanized for me where 
I was able to sort of relate to a lot of the main ideas yeah. that they were throwing around. Like, it's not something that was totally foreign to me, even though it was so different than the show that we usually do every week. Yeah. Um, so that was, that, that was like the biggest difference for me is this show, this movie is such a different direction, different animation style, different everything from what I'm used to, uh, including, you know, this being in Japanese yeah. with subtitles. That was a huge, that has always been like a barricade for me. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the only movies I can do subtitles on are like Star Wars and that's because I speak perfect Hatice. Yeah. You know? You want to you show the audience some? Oh my dagingo! There it is. You heard it here first, folks. So this was, it took a little bit of learning to yeah. learn how to watch the movie for like the animation quality and to understand visually what's happening while also understanding what the hell they're saying. Yeah. So that took me a second and I think because of that, like the f I had to watch this movie twice, because I really felt like the first time through I probably missed like a lot of things visually. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, I guess to just kind of jump right into it, what was, you know, what did you think? G give me some of your kind of broad overviews. Did yeah. you love it? Did you hate it? Um, I didn't hate it. Okay. I didn't love it at first. Okay. Like the the. The openings, I was kind of just like, are we just going to watch some homeless people banter and fight for two yeah. hours? And as the movie went along and it started moving from, you know, this, you know, I, once I realized that that opening where they're just kind of bickering, that is setting up the characters for what happens next, which is just a ton of like totally script flipping moments where it just continues to unravel the whole way. Yeah. Like you think, you know, the characters and by the end, you know them completely differently than you thought. Yeah. And it just keeps throwing those curveballs after curveball, And, um, yeah, like it just never ceased to amaze me how many <laughs> layers this had as it yeah. kept going. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I feel the same, but I, I would just outright say I loved it. Um, I think that from start to finish, uh, kind of like you said, I had a really good prediction of what the movie was going to be, but then by the end I was crying and I was just like, wow, <laughs> this was, this was a really good movie. And the, the way that it ties together and the way that you find yourselves rooting for the main three protagonists not only changes, but becomes a lot more significant as the movie goes on, uh -huh. um, you know, and, and I guess to just kind of dive into the movie a little yeah. bit, the, the film focuses on uh, three homeless people. So one of them uh, is named Jin, the other is named uh, Hana, and the other one is named Miyuki. And in the very opening moments of the movie, you see the three of them, or not the three of them, I think it's just Jin and Hana, mm -hmm. sitting in a church service on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Just watching, you know, a nativity scene being performed, and yeah, they're singing "Silent Night." Yeah, and it and it looks like it's being put on for the homeless. Like this is a right. this is an outreach program or something along those lines. Yeah, uh, and you know, just to kind of preface this, in the beginning, if you're watching it subtitled, uh, this movie is pretty much kind of a product of its time. I think sure. to a certain respect, and some of the dialogue used in the translation. Uh, is I think true to what was written, um, and is 
derogatory and very much, you know, by today's standards, like, uh, whoa, 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 not cool. Yeah. Uh, and let alone just not okay in any stretch. Yeah. But uh, with that, and, and it, to illustrate, it's aimed at the character Hana, who is um, a man, but they identify as a woman. Right. Uh, and the character Jin constantly kind of makes little remarks about their sexuality and you know yeah. how they identify. But based on their relationship, it kind of comes out of a place of, you know, They've been living homeless together for a long time. Yeah. And Hana has thick skin in particular. And so kind of just shrugs off what Jin says. And it's, you know, they they have a a really good rapport. But still, just as a heads up, if you're watching it, we obviously don't condone that. But we also, you know, it doesn't take away from the, you know, overall themes and messages the movie is really trying to get at. I mean, Jin is being very, like, playfully homophobic. Towards his buddy who is completely outwardly that way. Yeah. Like the, Un- unapologetically too, which yes. I think is just really great. There's yes. a there's a line where they're talking, uh, and Hana is praying and goes, you know, I hope I can like have a family one day. Yeah. And Jin makes a remark and he's like, How are you gonna do that when you're a man? And <laughs> and, and Hana goes, Well, I'm God's little mistake, and in my heart, I'm a woman. And I, and I, that is, I think, the most time they really spend on that aspect of it. But it does a really good job at solidifying who Hana is, yeah. and and kind of how she owns her, you know, owns her body and and how she you know presents herself, which is really cool. Yes, and I think that like kind of those somewhat homophobic slurs at the beginning. They're not really about that. They're more to illustrate how accepting of herself Hana is. It's more so to set up, oh, Hana is a character that is totally yeah. this way. She doesn't care what anybody thinks. She even brings up, um, like when he mentions that, like, well, how are you going to have kids? Yeah. And Hana's like, yeah, well, you know, Mary did it. And, you know, she didn't, <laughs> you know, she didn't try to conceive it. Yeah. Know? And, and, and yeah. she goes, you know, that's why I'm praying. Like, it'll be a little miracle from God. Yeah. And and it's just a, it's very, like, looking back on it from seeing the whole movie start to finish, that beginning banter, I think, sets a tone for how those relationships kind of build as the movie progresses. Yeah. Because uh, after they come out of this church service, they're in a bread line, and uh, they're getting served, and Hana goes, can you give me a little extra? I'm eating for two. And that's funny because there's a callback to it later, but she's also not lying and saying she's eating for two because Jin and Hana, after the bread line, go back and meet with their third kind of pseudo family member, uh, Miyuki, who's yeah. this young teenage girl who is also homeless uh, and kind of has a very like gruff, you know, I don't, I don't need anyone. You know, I can take care of myself. Uh, like, I don't need a family. You know, I, yeah. I'm doing just fine. And Jin's like, you're homeless. <laughs> and she goes, well, I have you guys. And, and Hana goes, yes, you do. But you also do have a family. And, right. and Miyuki's like, no, I don't. Which becomes important later. But pretty much the, the opening, I would say, like 15 minutes of this movie is establishing that Hana, Jin, and Miyuki are kind of this ragtag pseudo family that yeah. looks out for one another. Even if it comes across as begrudgingly, you can tell that there's an underlying layer of care that they have for one another. 
Um, and that only gets exacerbated when, drum roll, they find a baby. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they pretty much are walking down an alley. They hear a baby crying. And under a bunch of garbage, they just find a baby. Yeah. Like, fresh out of the, uh, the nursery at a hospital, just wrapped up in a little blanket. Right. And... <laughs> And, and that's kind of the, the the critical moment where the movie, I think, really begins. Yeah. Um, because at that point, you know, they kind of are... Their goal is to reunite the baby with the family. Well, I guess <laughs> maybe not initially. Yeah, uh, well, uh, yeah, initially, Hana wants to keep the baby for one night. Yeah, just so she can feel like a mom, which, yeah. in all honesty, is very sweet. And... Like, Jin and Miyuki are very initially opposed to it, but they can kind of see, like, hey, you know, this is something that she's she's wanted and is hoping for. Well, yeah, they all think she's batshit crazy for wanting to do it. Yeah. They're both like, let's turn it in. Yeah, they're like, Why let's take it to the police station. But then Hannah's like, just one night. Yeah. And Jin is kind of like, okay, you know, one night, and then we're taking it back. Yeah. Um, Jin and Hana, they're sort of like... They're sort of like mom, dad. Yeah. And like, I don't, I, there, you know, maybe there's some subtlety there as to what their relationship is, but I think that he understands that that's really important to her. Yeah. And so he kind of gives in on that. Yeah. Which I think is, is cool. And truthfully, all three of these characters have really like touching moments that kind of really open up, you know, the, the idea that like kind of everyone has a story. And, but, but it is interesting because the stories you initially learn about these people are a lot different than what actually played out. Yeah. Um, the characters you think, you know, like the characters that they show you at the beginning for you to follow are not the characters that the movie ends with. No, not at all. And, but they do it in such a great way. And so this movie is essentially kind of split up into three acts and the character Hana says three haikus throughout the movie. So when they first find the baby, Hana's standing in kind of a snowy thing, and she's like, you know, it's a miracle from God. And she goes, a haiku. And the haiku is a little baby, powdery snow on its cheeks on this holy night. Yeah. And pretty much after that, the baby starts wailing like crazy. Yeah, for and, a long time. And Hana's really trying hard to keep her, un- like, the baby under control. Oh, and they named the baby Kyoko, uh, which Jin goes, oh, that was my daughter's name. And you're like, oh, shoot, I wonder what happened to his family. Uh, but then Jin, who initially was resistant to the baby as a whole, they go and they, they find this shack that they kind of live out of. Uh, Miyuki goes and grabs some milk, some hot water, food, um, and Jin kind of steps up to be a dad and yeah. tests the milk on his arm. He like kind of knows how to do it. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. And and then Hana goes, you know, hey, how do you, how do you know how to do this? Like what, you know, right? What's your deal? Uh, and he basically goes on this long story of, yeah, I used to be a a cyclist. Right. And I I raced a bunch, but my wife got pregnant and the baby got sick after she was born. So I made a deal with a guy to try and make some money. You know, he was a skeezy dude, but he placed bets and I lost and I lost everything. Yep. And then he goes, and then my, 
my daughter. Did he say his daughter and wife died? They they died. He yeah. was like, yeah, they died and no loose ends. No loose ends, and now yeah. I, and now I'm here, and <laughs> yeah. and I don't know about you. When I first heard that, I was like, holy shit! I know that is heartbreaking. It's it's um it's not unbelievable when yeah. he says it. Like it, that's kind of a far fetched. Like yeah, I was this award winning, you know, race winning cyclist, but you can kind of see that. You know, he's built in a way that he probably used to be somewhat of a factor, right? Yeah. Um, so it, it wasn't crazy, and I 100% believed that story. Oh, I did too. I didn't doubt it for a second. And, and both Hana and Miyuki were like, oh my god. Yeah. Jin, like, that's so sad. Um, and then, yeah, so they, they pretty much... Jin shares his backstory a little bit. Uh, and then after that, is that when it cuts to... Um, Hana leaving in the middle of the night with the baby. Yeah, they so. Yeah, and I don't know if the reasoning for that was that it was getting closer to dawn, and she had agreed to give the baby yeah. back. So she wanted some like more alone time with the baby. And mm-hmm. So yeah, she kind of trounces off, and I think it's um, uh, Miyuki wakes up and sees that she's gone. And yeah, like and wakes Jin up, and yeah. Jin goes, "What? Hannah's gone." <laughs> yeah. And then they take off, but she isn't very far. She's just standing out. Well, there's clear snow tracks yeah. where, where she went. So she wasn't doing a good job hiding. Yeah, well, but so... I don't think she, like, didn't want to be found, you know. Yeah. She was just taking some fresh air. Yeah, well, and so then, pretty much, they proceed as planned. You know, they're going to go take the baby to the police station. Yep. And they're, they're walking down uh, a road to go try and find, you know, the nearest police station. Yep. And they hear a guy yell for help. And yeah. they're like, what? Where is he? <laughs> and in the middle of the road, there's this car. And the <laughs> there's a guy just being sandwiched underneath it in, like, thick snow. Right. And he's like, help. And so, you know, they, they step up and they help, you know, help him get out from under the car. And basically what happened was his car got stuck. He went out to go check and try and, like, get it free. And then a lady's dog got loose and startled him, and the, <laughs> the car just slid on top of him. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he is he's he is trying to hold the car from sliding down this hill. Yeah, that's gonna wreck the car, and he ends up under it, and with <laughs> all his might, is holding the car from sliding down the icy hill. And then these three homeless people and a baby come along and help him. Well, and they. Uh, Oh wait, they don't they go to like a train station to try and find like a potential lead on whose baby this might be? I don't cuz I remember they have a business card and they Oh yeah. Uh, do they have the photograph yet? Yeah, that's where they get the photograph from. Okay. So they basically figure out based on the baby's swaddle like what hospital it came from and then they go to they, like, track down a bunch of luggage at a train station that's, like, overnight briefcases oh, for people. Oh, that's right. And they kind of just ransack all of them, and they find a photo that shows a mom and dad and a business card to this club. So they take both of those, and those are their leads, and I think they pretty much reside to try and find the parents to return yeah. it. Um Against, like, Jin and Miyuki's wishes, but their goal is they just are like, we just want to, you know, <laughs> we just want to try and, like, get it back to the family, and if we can't do it, then we'll take, you know, the baby to the police. Well, there's, like, there's two sides. Like, there's, I think Jin and Miyuki are kind of like, 
we just need to give it back to the parents so that we aren't liable for anything that happens to this baby. Yeah. And I think that H Hannah is sort of like, yeah, let's give it back to the parents so I can bitch them out for leaving their baby in a dumpster. Yeah. That's... Like, she's sort of protective mom mode. Oh, totally. Well, and another thing too, before they find that, that guy stuck under the car, they're kind of at a point where they're trying to figure out how do we find food for this baby? Mm -hmm. What can we do? Because we don't have milk. And they they go to a cemetery. And, oh, that's right. Yeah. And they they find formula, and that's what leads Hannah to go. <laughs> yeah, Jin is just getting drunk off the sacrificial wine. Uh, oh, yeah, like the sake, sake they sake, put out. Yeah. And pretty much then Hannah's like, it's a miracle. Because at the very end, they find formula and a bunch of stuff. And it's like lit from the angels. Like Yeah, it's like a light coming yeah. from the heavens. Um, so... I realize that was a bit disjointed, but to kind of catch up to speed, they they find some clues identifying who the family is. Yep. They go to the cemetery to try and find ways, you know, or food or any kind of sustenance they can give this baby. The guy they save from under the car ends up being a high-ranking Yakuza boss. Yeah. <laughs> and they show him the, the, the card that they're looking for, and he goes, oh, I'm actually going to the wedding of the guy that owns that club. Right. So they, so he takes them with him. Yeah, he's like really indebted to, to them for not only saving the car, but you know potentially his life. Yeah, so he's like, hey, if you need anything, doesn't he, he gives them like a, a bunch of money too? Yeah, he gives them a fat stack of money, and is like, yeah, you know your next lead. Yeah. I'm going there right now. And so he takes them there, and pretty much the three of them all take advantage, especially Jin, of the free food, the ambiance, right. stuff like that. Um, and then they meet the club owner who basically goes, oh yeah, this, uh, that's Sahiko. She was a dancer, like a, a, a bar girl here. Right. Uh, then she got married and left and the, he gives them, uh, uh, Sashiko's address. But at that moment, Jin recognizes that this dude is the guy that made this bet that apparently led him to being homeless. Yeah. And he freaks out and he grabs like a bottle of sake he's kind of a little drunk mm -hmm. uh but he he grabs it and he's pretty much gonna go beat the the hell out of this guy yeah but before he does a assassin dressed as a maid <laughs> pulls out a gun and shoots him like yeah. five times yeah she's yeah she's pretty much like a waiter grabbing people's glasses and yeah yeah well and she was the one that Jin grabbed two bottles of sake off of and just yep. started throwing it back. <laughs> uh, but turns out, though, that that hostess who was initially thought to be a she was actually a dude undercover. Yep. Uh, and as he leaves, he takes uh, Mayuki hostage with the baby. Yeah. And he only speaks Spanish. Uh, and <laughs> so Mayuki's like, please don't kill me, please don't kill me. And yeah. he just... Basically, in Spanish, I, I was able to kind of deduce what he was saying, but he was like, come on, come on, you know, like, help me out, like, you, I'm not going to hurt you. Right. They get themselves into a taxi, and they're gone. And so uh, then it kind of falls on Hana and Jin to, you know, kind of figure out what's going on, but uh, they kind of go their separate ways. Hana goes to essentially try and find Miyuki, and Jin kind of just takes off because he you know he's frustrated about the mob boss yeah and you know he has that that sake with him and he's like you know whatever i'll go i'll go figure it out on my own something yeah. like that 
to me, like the the whole mob boss scene is when the movie really picked up to the point that I started enjoying it. Yeah. Because I was kind of like, even even when they got the baby, and it was crying a bunch, mm-hmm. I was still like, man, I don't know that I want to watch these three homeless people just fight with a crying baby, the whole time. But once they started introducing all these other little plots, yeah, it got really interesting. And I think after this point, I was really hooked because the story immediately gets so deep where they're kind of mixed up in this kind of mob gang thing that's going on mm-hmm. and they've got the baby and they're split up and it's like this interesting how are they going to find each other again to wrap up this story yeah um yeah dude it, it was it was pretty fun Th- this part was interesting for sure yeah well and and it's cool too so once the assassin brings miyuki back miyuki's like no don't sell me as a slave and is like yeah freaking out but then she gets brought in and meets the assassin's wife who is <laughs> who's just chilling and then it cuts to a scene of her breastfeeding and yeah. miyuki just goes big boobs yeah <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's just it's like it's so like i i was very caught off guard because i too. was like whoa uh all right <laughs> me too uh it, it was a i mean it wasn't like it wasn't like it wasn't like that weird, but it no. definitely caught you off guard. I mean, not not the breastfeeding. It was just it went from a cut of her saying like, "No, don't sell me into slavery," and then like, "Oh, she's breastfeeding this baby." Yeah. Okay. It, that this scene was really fun to watch because you're seeing two people that don't speak languages that are remotely close to each other. Yeah. Figure out ways to communicate without, you know, without ever doing anything other than just like facial expression and yeah. you know basic hand motions they were able to kind of carry out a conversation about like who uh the latina woman's you know parents were mm-hmm. and you get kind of a little backstory on that whole thing with two characters that are speaking languages that me and you don't even understand yeah well and she also says to like miyuki she asks about her family and miyuki's like yeah you know i like i really messed up you know I, I don't really think I have a family. And even though this, this woman, who again, you know, speaks broken English, mainly Spanish, is kind of saying like, hey, it'll be okay. You know, you're yeah. you're going to be okay. And, and Miyuki's like very affected by that. And kind of just the warmth and care that this woman showed her, I think left her feeling like, huh, you know, maybe, maybe I should... Maybe I should go see my dad. Or, you yeah. know, maybe I should, like, reconnect with my family. Yes. Which... This starts the next part of Miyuki's arc in this movie. Totally. Dude, I thought it was a really good decision by, you know, the art team that makes this, that made this movie, and, like, the direction team, that they didn't use Spanish subtitles. Mm-hmm. So, in the, like, in the moment of the kind of interrogation, or uh, not interrogation, but the like hostage situation. Yep. It's kind of scary because like you don't know what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And then their conversation together, where they're kind of jiving in different languages, you as the viewer are also watching. You're having to watch her movements too to understand what she's saying. Yeah. And the art is good enough that you are able to understand their whole conversation, even though they didn't put in Spanish subtitles. Yeah. Well, and. And it's, we didn't touch on it earlier, but there's a scene where Jin, Hana, and Miyuki are all on this um, kind of train, and the baby is just going absolutely crazy. Oh, yeah. And Miyuki is standing at a door with the window facing another train, and you see a guy look at her, like, oh, really, really right. squint. Yeah. And then he goes, 
oh my god and he, he yells Miyuki and then he gets on the phone and then Miyuki kind of starts to panic and you as the viewer you don't know what's going on yeah I actually kind of thought that it was maybe the father of the baby that's what I thought and I was like wow that guy's got a great eye right he's just able to pick out a baby from the crowd <laughs> well and so then Miyuki basically forces one of the doors open yeah and then that's when her Jin and Hana leave with the baby and cuts to the you know them finding the guy stuck under the car but to bring it back around in this scene with the assassin's wife Miyuki basically admits that she stabbed her dad yeah over an argument because she thought that he got rid of her cat and prior to that that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back because she had just lost her mom yeah and you know I'm sure it was affecting both of them heavily but out of anger she just stabbed him and then ran away yeah. And so she kind of feels as though, like, she can't go back. Like, she's done something that is unforgivable. There's no way she could possibly redeem herself from this, um, especially given what she did. But that's what makes what the mom says so sweet and special because she, she pretty much just reassures her, like, hey, you know, you're going to be okay. Like, your, you know, your parents are still going to love you, even though she doesn't directly say it, provides yeah. that comfort and security. It's one of the interesting things with this movie is you've got three characters that are your main characters. Yeah. They're all homeless for completely different reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and they're all, they're all kind of by their own self-choice in, in these situations, more or less. Yeah. And it's kind of the story of redemption and all their arcs. They all kind of get redemption. And that's one of the things that was so different about watching this is... For once, I'm watching something where we get multiple arcs complete. Yeah. In one in a one thing where like, in uh, in our typical Hero Babble episodes on Neon Genesis, it's like the bread the breadcrumbs keep leading you further further closer to what you believe to be the answer. Yeah. And that answer is twice as many questions. Yeah. And it just keeps piling on and piling on, which is what makes that show so interesting. Absolutely. But it was kind of nice to get kind of an open and shut case here yeah uh to just book in this whole movie and you know it's really this movie has nothing to do with christmas except that it takes place christmas during Eve. christmas yeah yeah and so but it does kind of have that feel where it, everything ends up good at the end and i don't know I, it did it did kind of give you that nice warm feeling by the end of the movie yeah not that we're there yet in our synopsis but it's just good to you know, since we're starting to talk about these character arcs that are getting deeper, yeah, it's worth mentioning that that's something I really liked. Yeah, well, and speaking of character arcs, as Miyuki kind of kicks off her kind of redemption arc, it cuts to Jin and Hana, and Hana's looking for Kyoko and Miyuki, and Jin, after he splits off, he's just kind of wandering the streets drunk, and then he sees this old man... Uh, fainting, like, fainted on the ground. And Jin recognizes him, and he's like, oh, hey, that's another homeless guy. So Jin kind of helps him gather his things, and he can tell the guy is, like, knocking on death's door a little bit. Um, takes him back to his tent, and they're kind of just, you know, talking, and the old guy is basically saying, you know, yeah, I, I always thought life would be different, you know? Yeah, I've I've lived I've lived a long life and and you know I, I think I'm ready to go. Um, yep. And he goes, could you do me just one favor? 
And Jin goes, yeah, what's that? And he goes, can I have a drink? <laughs> right. And so Jin hands him the bottle. He takes a pull of sake. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then it fakes you out three times if the old guy actually <laughs> dies. Because he, like, takes a drink and then closes his eyes. And then Jin goes, hey, hey, old man. And the guy goes, yeah? I want you to do me one last favor. <laughs> takes the- another pull. And then, and then he goes, okay, I think I'm ready to go now. Right. Close his eyes. Jin, like, gets up to, like, to, like, clo- close his eyes. Oh, yeah, he, yeah, he, he like, lays eyes. down, and then he goes, could you do me one more favor? <laughs> and Jin, like, shakes the bottle, and he goes, you want another drink? And he goes, yeah. Yeah. And so he takes a pull and hands him this red bag, and he goes, I don't want anyone who knows me to know that I passed like this. Can you take these for me? And, and Jin goes, absolutely. Yeah. And so Jin steps out of the tent after kind of closing the guy's eyes, and he looks at this wall of papers, and he recognizes uh, the address that was given to them about Sahiko. Yeah. And the uh, or Sachiko and the apartment buildings they lived in. Yeah. So he takes that, but as he turns around, there's just this group of teens that are like, "Oh, hey, time to clean up the street." Yeah, I know. And they just start beating the shit out of him. That was really sad. It was, I hated that. It was tough to watch. Because I was just like... And then when they dragged the dead homeless guy out of the tent... I know. And like before they could hit him, they like got a call and they were like, Hey, the girls are down over here. Yeah, I think we've cleaned up enough. I... I okay. I thought, there were, I thought two things were going to happen here. And yeah. they're unrelated. So I'll okay. start with the first one. The old man, to me... Looked just like Jin. I like he had this. He had a hoodie and a hat and like kind of trousers. Yeah. And at first, I was like, okay, all the characters split off. Jin is gonna have like this, you know, ghost of Christmas, you know, future. Yeah. Where he sees himself as an old homeless man dead on the ground, mm-hmm. and that's gonna make him like change his ways and you know, <laughs> and I don't know. Yeah. But if I was like hundred percent, oh shit, they're doing that. <laughs> And, um, so I was like into this and for the, and even through a lot of their dialogue, I was like, they're totally doing this ghost of Christmas future thing Yeah. until the guy dies. And I'm like, Oh, that's a different, this is a different guy. <laughs> that's a take. <laughs> and so then once I realized it was a different person and they started pulling the old man out, I was like, he's going to wake up and kick this, these kids ass. Yeah. And no, he's no. dead. He's deader than fuck. He's he's dead as hell. Yeah. Yeah, that scene was really tough. Uh, I will say, though, <laughs> so after Jin gets beat up, he's like staggering through these alleyways and yeah. isn't looking too Dude, hot. he's in a bad way. And he, he falls and then he sees this angel above him and she goes, would you like my magic <laughs> or, an, or an ambulance? And, and, and he goes... An ambulance, and she goes, "Oh, oh come on!" <laughs> and, uh, oh, man. and and then it, it cuts to Hannah, and and Hannah, I, Hannah, Hannah, she finds Miyuki and Kyoko because of Kyoko's crying. Yes, she, <laughs> she's she's like running around the streets, li- just listening for the baby cries. Yeah, heading towards the uh, Kyoko. Yeah, <laughs> and and shows up outside the apartment and goes. Kyoko and the, the the South American mom she's like uh. um, <laughs> and then Miyuki goes yeah yeah she's with me by and, the way I love that this the uh, the Latina woman is like 
doesn't bat an eyelash that her husband just murdered a yeah. crime lord and then came home and like hung his hat up and was like, hey babe, what's your dinner? <laughs> and she's like, uh, milk. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. She really just was unfazed. Yeah, they just, yeah. Uh, but following that, so Hana and Miyuki are reunited and they need to essentially find a place to stay and kind of regroup. So they go back to Hana's old bar that she used to like sing and work at. Yep. And Hana had pretty much not really spoken about her past, but she had basically said that, you know, she uh she made mention that, you know, she had been like disgraced at her job and she yeah. left on really bad terms and that it just wasn't good. Yeah, there was sort of this idea that she had a falling out with her mom. And yeah. Then, and that, like, there's no use going back because the mom seeing her now being changed to a woman wouldn't accept her. Yeah. Like, or at least I got that vibe. And maybe it wasn't that. Maybe that's just, like, I I think it was now. just more so, I, I took it as, because she's homeless now. Oh, sure. She, the, the mom wouldn't, like, respect her anymore. Or well, that, that. that would make sense because they are kind of in, like, a kind of burlesque they're, they're, club. Yeah, they're in, like, a drag bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's a better way to describe it. So Hana shows up, and this this woman that she calls mom opens the door and goes, Hana? I know. And starts crying, and is like, I miss you. And then Hana, it's a very touching interchange. I was just going to say that. It was actually genuinely touching. To yeah, see. because Hana starts crying, and, the, and her mom goes, where did you go? Like, you left the club. And, and, and Hana goes, I've been homeless. And her mom goes, what? I know. Like, you, why? Yeah, you could have been here. Yeah. And then it cuts to a flashback of what happened with right. Hana. And basically said that, or what happened was she was singing and this, you know, she was kind of putting on a show and she upset one of the guests there. And he was like, you're shitty and <laughs> you're ugly. Yeah. And then Hana turns around and goes, shitty I'm cool with, but don't call me ugly. <laughs> beats the shit out of him. Yeah. And after that, kind of looks around and realizes, oh my God, what have I done? And takes off. And the mom goes, hey, all I had to do was just pay him off a little bit. It's no skin off my back. Right. And and Hana, kind of just in that moment, it's like a weight was lifted off of her shoulders because this burden she had really been beating herself right. up over right. was not as bad, of, not as big of a deal as she had made it out to be. It's sort of the, that's like the power of forgiveness and like, especially from your parents. Like that's a trope that you do see sometimes in movies yeah. where, you know, the, the children might think that it's just some insurmountable odds that they could ever be back with their parents again, you know? Yeah. Oh, but absolutely. At the end of the day, like a parent's love is so different than anything that maybe that child would understand. Absolutely. And this was totally that case, even though they're both very mature, older yeah. people. They still had that. They had to. They had to like put their pride away and come back together. At least Hannah did. Yeah. And she, what she found was a really, uh, she found a home again. Yeah. You know, which is which is cool because just that that scene was very touching because I, I think, I think that's something anyone can relate to. Yeah. I I think a lot of times we conflate things that have happened in the past as being these monumental deals that, you know. Can, can make or break certain relationships we hold or things that we hold dear. But in reality, the more often than not, I should say, the 
built up idea you have of it in your head is very seldom as like detrimental in real life. Uh, and so Hana kind of getting that closure was really cool. Yeah. And sure enough, they find Jin passed out on the couch because the angel that he saw was actually a girl that right. worked at the club. I know. And so they were taking care of him, which was really just it's, like... It's good writing. Yeah. Well, and it's cool too because it feels authentic. A, yeah. lot, a lot of moments in this movie are kind of, you know, contrived coincidences. Yeah. But they never pull you out of it to a point where you're like, oh, come on. Right. No way. A lot of the time you're like, oh, holy shit. That, that would potentially happen, you know, by yeah. happenstance. Yeah, yeah. And it leads Hana to keep saying, you know, hey, this, this baby is uh, it's a miracle maker. Yep. You know, this is God's messenger. She's looking out for us. Yeah, yeah. And there's some crazier moments that happen where you're like, okay, maybe this baby is God's messenger because holy shit. Yeah. Uh, but so pretty much Jin recovers. There's a funny scene where Hana takes his clothes and changes him into one of the fluffy like dresses the the various like girls who work there wear. Yeah. And he wakes up and he's like, what the? <laughs> Where are my clothes? Uh, but... Hana also kind of shows that she has like an affinity for Jin. Like she has feelings for him. Yeah. In a in a way that's not, you know, uh platonic. You know, she's like, that Jin, he's, you know, I can yeah. tell he's a good guy, like, deep down. Right. Um, and so then they leave the 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 bar, and this is where Hana says her second haiku. Yeah. And she says, my mother's white breath as she watches me set out on a long journey. Mm -hmm. And it's very fitting because her mom leans out the door and goes, hey, you have a home here whenever. Uh, and if you need anything, let me know. Yeah. Good luck. And so it's just, that's a very sweet moment, I think, for Hana's arc. Um, it doesn't end it by any means, but it's kind of like a, maybe not the climax, but probably the most impactful yeah. to her personally. Yeah, it doesn't, you're right, it doesn't completely end it, but it's, it is still a very satisfying moment. Yeah. So we go into this next act where sort of the goal of this act mm -hmm. is to close the loop on the baby. Yeah. They're now going to figure out all the details on who the parents were, mm -hmm. uh, well, who they think the parents are from, based on yeah. the info that they have, and return the baby. Yep. That is the goal for the end of this movie for these guys. And so, yeah, we, let's dig into it. Yeah, so they, they they set out. Jin has the address for where the baby is. Yes. And he pretty much, they, they find this apartment complex that has pretty much been demolished. It's, you know, being renovated. It's no longer active. So they ask the landlady who comes and feeds the cats that huddle around here. Right. And... She goes, huh, yeah, I know them. They didn't pay their, like, their um, homeowners association fees. Right. And then she goes, I actually think I know someone else that might know more. So she calls her friend over, and then she goes, yeah, yeah, she worked as a, a barmaid. Husband was a real piece of shit. My other friend knows a little bit right. more. And pretty soon, you have, like, 13 women that are just kind of gossiping going, right. 
Yeah, so she was a barmaid, got pregnant, but the husband spent all their money on gambling. She was the only income. He was a deadbeat. I saw her with bruises. Yeah. And and then they're like, yeah, I think they moved somewhere else that was more affordable because they couldn't afford this anymore. Uh, And then, yeah, she was pregnant, but poor girl, she really got stuck in a poor marriage. And so, and so the three of them are kind of like, oh, fuck, this isn't good. Like, this is a raw deal. This didn't really help us. Yeah. But they, they find out, uh, where to go next, um, Pretty much, uh, like, they, they kind of have an idea of where they should head. But I'm trying to remember what the piece of the puzzle was that, that this gave them. They they basically, I think, found out... Because uh, they, they knew the names, they knew what they looked like. Yeah. Um, but actually, I, I don't even know if they found <laughs> a puzzle piece here. I know, they, I can't remember either. They pretty much... Oh, they, they're kind of like... Well, that was a waste of time. And they go to this store to kind of try and figure out what to do next. And this store scene, I really, really liked. Okay. For a few reasons. So, one, it kind of just shows the... Kind of the the regular relationship you see. Not regular, but kind of this pretentious relationship that others have towards the homeless population. Yeah. Because in this cafe... They're sitting in free seating. Oh, yes. I remember and, this now. And, you know, the guy at the, the front that's checking out, he's like, oh, my God, they smell so bad. Meanwhile, the shop owner's just kind of like, ha-ha. Because he doesn't want to be rude. No. But at the same time, there's the the issue of, like, oh, but my, my business. But you also are kind of like, hey, they're just sitting. You know, let them sit. Uh, at this point, Miyuki goes to a phone booth, and she dials her dad. And it rings, and it rings, and then her dad answers, and she doesn't say anything, and her dad goes, hello? Hello? Miyuki? And she is almost about to say something, but then just breaks down. I know. And he goes, Miyuki, is that you? Please, if it's you, say something. Where are you? And she hangs up, and then she just starts going, like, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, so, and it was, it's heartbreaking, because you, know. you know, like... You really wanted her, you really wanted that to be the moment that, that yeah. a connection was made, because the dad so dearly wanted it. Yeah, and and you can tell that she's really trying hard to forgive herself, but it's just, it's just tough. Yeah, um, it's tough to put that pride away. Well, so then, uh, cuts back to Jin and Hana, and the baby starts crying again, like, just, just wailing, and... The clerk kind of walks over because he's dealing with a drunk customer that is, you know, staggered in. And he goes, hey, guys, um, would you, any chance you guys could step out? And Jin goes, what? It's free seating, isn't it? And he goes, well, some of the patrons. And then the guy at the cash register goes, yeah, homeless bums. And starts getting kind of aggressive. Yeah. And, and Hana's like, it's okay. Like, we'll leave. You know, whatever. And they step outside. They keep walking. And the guy that's drunk follows them out and starts yelling at Jin even more. And the clerk goes, hey, 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 follows them out too. And they start having this altercation. (laughs) And then an ambulance blows right into the building. I know. And everyone just goes, uh, uh. (laughs) And then the driver gets out and goes, can you call an ambulance? (laughs) (laughs) And and Hana goes, this baby is a messenger from God. That was like... 
a no doubt miracle yeah. moment. This this baby is absolutely you know looking out for him in a yeah. lot of ways. Like the fact that somehow every every player that was in that restaurant, not just the three main characters, yeah. but everybody in there, in in a totally believable way, was able to make it out of the restaurant. Yeah. Before uh, the ambulance plowed into it, yeah, was was really cool. Well, and so then Hana and Jin start to walk away with Miyuki, and Hana collapses. And there have been points in the movie leading up to this where she'll like stop on a corner and cough up blood, and you don't really know what's going on, but you can tell obviously this running around isn't helping things. So they get her to a hospital, and. Uh, Prior to this, Jin had made mention that he had been saving up, like, money. You know, that yep. that, that it was kind of his, like, this is why I'm going to get back on the right track fund. Yep. He's going to buy a bike. He's going to get in shape. And yep. he's going to win the Tour de France. Yeah. And he's going to dethrone Lance Armstrong. Because in, right. in 2003, that wasn't a problem yet. No. Uh, so, Hana collapses. They go to a hospital. And, and the doctor's talking to Jin and is like, hey... You know, she's going to need a lot of bed rest, you know, try and keep her off of her feet. I'm saying her, the doctor's like, yeah, he needs to take it easy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Jin is like, okay, well, we're homeless. I'm not really sure what we're supposed to do. And, uh, and the doctor's like, hey, man, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to recommend the best options here. Yeah. And, and Jin looks down and notices he has like a metal leg, like a, a prosthetic. Yeah. And in... Jin goes, oh, uh, you know, kind of, at, at that point, he kind of walks it back a little bit and goes, yeah, I'll, I'll see what we can do. I'll, I'll try and keep her, sure. you know, on her, on her, off of her feet. And so then uh, Miyuki's holding the baby and this nurse walks up to her and goes, oh, what a cute baby. Like, yeah, how old is how old is she? And Miyuki goes, I don't know. <laughs> I know. And She's then, acting like Miyuki's maybe the mom. Or yeah, something. yeah. And, and Miyuki's like. I don't know. It's not mine. And Kyoko goes, oh, well, what's what's her name? And then Miyuki goes, Kyoko. And the nurse goes, that's my name. My name's Kyoko. Oh, that's so sweet. And right. so... Uh, it's like that That moment is like the audience puts it together. Yeah, the audience is like... That hey, that's Jin's daughter. Hey, wait a minute. So then it cuts to Hana being released from the hospital. Wait, what? so what was wrong with Hana? Because I never really understood that. They never really say. See, when I first watched this, I assumed... Because once again, I'm so busy watching the subtitles my first time through mm -hmm. that I was just like, oh, well, clearly a piece of glass uh, punctured something <laughs> in her from this ambulance crash. Because like I didn't really understand what was happening, and all of a sudden they're at the hospital, and I'm like, well, some she must have been hit by something. Yeah, well, no, she. You never really find out. They never say anything. Yeah. Like, um, I I saw some things online that were like, oh, maybe it was AIDS, and I just kind of went, oh, what? Because she's gay, you know? Like, well, well, or, or ident and and I didn't. I don't know. Yeah, they, they, because they did something to her that somewhat fixed her right yeah they like he just said you know she's sick you know you just got to give her plenty of bed rest and you know stop running around and i mean she responded to multiple aids jokes throughout the movie did she i think so oh i didn't i don't remember any oh i don't well maybe not i i thought that it's not aids there's no way no well and and that's what i'm saying they would have made a deal about that yeah well and i feel like it would have been a, a true plot point basically it was just more so 
Hannah was sick, you know, and again, it kind of ties, I think, to the homelessness issue where, you know, it it's tough. Like, if your health takes a turn, yeah, what are you supposed to do? And yeah, it's at this point where, as they're leaving the, ho- the hospital to pay for uh, Hannah's bill, Jin grabs his, you know, safety fund. And Hannah is just like, I'm so sorry, Jin. Like, I will pay you back. Like, I'll do whatever I can. I know. And Jim was just kind of like, it's okay. And his, his hand's kind of shaking as he puts yeah. it down. And then all of a sudden you hear, Dad? And Jim looks up and it's his daughter, Kyoko, who the audience is like, oh, yeah. oh my God, they met. And then it cuts to a, a hallway scene where Jin and Kyoko are talking while, yeah. while Hannah and Miyuki are standing kind of off to the side. Yeah, Jin and Kyoko are having, like, the long-awaited, like, father-daughter, well, how you been? Yeah, and... Talk. And basically, Jin goes, you know, what are you what are you doing here? And she goes, Mom looked everywhere for you. But it was tough keeping the bike shop open by herself, so yeah. she had to close it. And she moved, so she's not in the area anymore. And then Kyoko goes, I'm getting married. Uh, and she goes, that, you know... That guy that you just saw who helped your friend is is my fiance, and he goes that guy he's almost as old as me, and she goes oh well he's a sweet guy and then Jin goes yeah he is a, he is a really sweet guy, I I think you made a great choice yeah, and then Hana, kind of just berates the shit out of him, cause to catch you up to speed Jin had told everyone his family died he was a famous cyclist yeah and you know. And pretty much his entire backstory he had built up. His glorious. Yeah. Uh, was no loose ends backstory. Was a sham. And so Hana goes, what the hell? You've yeah. had a family this whole time and you just abandoned them? Right. And then you told us they died? Who was that for? For you? To make you feel better? And kind of lays into him, understandably right. so, to a point where, you know, Jin's kind of like, huh. Well, and, and, like, even the small stuff, like, the family stuff is the big deal. Yeah. But even the small stuff pissed, pissed Hannah off, too, because it's like, well, you told me you were the cyclist, not that it matters, but why would you lie about that? Yeah, you're a bike shop owner. Yeah. You could have just said that. Right. And and so Hannah kind of just expresses her frustration, and she goes, you know, like, make good with your daughter, and, right. like, we'll, we'll see you later. Like, don't don't come with us. Yeah. So they walk away, and Miyuki goes... That was a bit harsh. And I've heard this tale before that Han- that Hana tells. It's the, the tale of the, the blue ogre and the... Or the blue oni and the red oni. Um, where, you know, the, the story goes as follows. The red oni wanted to become friends with the humans, but they were always scared of him, so he never could. So the blue oni came up with a plan where she would terrorize the humans and the red oni would save the day. And, you know... Because he would save the day, then he could be friends with the the humans. Yep. But that meant the blue one had to go away forever. Otherwise, right. they would know it was a, a sham. Yep. And in this scenario, Jin is the red and Hana is the blue. And Hana, while very much well within her rights to kind of let him have it and say, Hey, don't build up this tall tale to make yourself feel better about leaving or to garner sympathy. Yeah. When in reality, you could have just been a man and, and taken it on the chin because you had a family that cared. And Hana's like, I can't really even say that. 
I have a, I have a pseudo family. You have a real one, you know. And Hana, with with telling that story to Miyuki, is is also saying, you know. I kind of wanted to break off that friendship because yeah. if he doesn't feel he's attached to us, maybe he'll be more driven to re- rekindle his you know, relationship with his family. And Miyuki goes, okay. And as they're talking about this, they're walking across a bridge. And just in the corner of the frame, you see this woman walking on the opposite side of the bridge. She stops, takes her shoes off, and is crawling onto the bridge. And Hana kind of does a double take. Yeah. He goes, oh my god, she's going to jump. And so the two run over and grab her. And they're like, oh, no, don't kill yourself. <laughs> yeah, well, they, Hana kind of <laughs> foreshadows it. She says something like oh, a yeah. little bit before this where she's like, man, like, uh, I don't know if she if she's pretty much like, if I, if I had given up my baby or something, like, I would probably just jump off a bridge or something. Yeah. Or like, she, I don't know if that's exactly I think, it. I think that's close. But she says that, and then they just casually walk past somebody who's like <laughs> climbing up to jump off a bridge. And I thought they were just going to walk past it, and that was the joke. Yeah. <laughs> but, and I was like, that's a dark joke. That's pretty joke. dark, but okay. But then they turn around and they stop the woman, and they yeah. recognize her immediately. It's, it's good on them. It's Sachiko. Yeah. Like, and, and this is the, the woman they've been looking for to return this child to. Yes. And... The woman basically tells them this sob story. I was just going to say sob story. Yeah, she totally hands it up. She's like, my husband gambled away all of our money, and he knew a baby was going to be expensive, and he didn't want the baby, so we took the baby without me knowing right. and ditched it. And, and like, I've been looking all, all over, over for it. And, yeah. I, and she reaches out to grab the baby, and Hannah slaps her. Right. Just like a clean... And it's like a... Of a moment with no other sound other than the slap. Yeah. And at first I was kind of like, holy shit, why? Yeah. And and Hana goes, how dare you? How dare you let this baby get out of your hands? Yeah. I don't care if your husband took it. How dare you? This baby has a life and that life matters and it almost lost it. And Sachiko yeah. is like, I'm so sorry. Like I, I and is sobbing and just goes, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean for it to play out this way. And then and then Hana kind of goes, okay. All right, you know, here's your child. And is a little hesitant at first to hand the child back. But then, you know, hands her to Sachiko and Sachiko starts sobbing and going like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And, and you're kind of like, okay. All right, they did it. Yeah. And so... Pretty much, Miyuki and uh, Hana just kind of go on their way. They're like, great. They're Problem like, solved. They're like, we did Roll it. credits. We're done. I remember <laughs> pressing. Uh, I watched this on an iPad, and I remember pressing on it, thinking like, we're about to roll credits. Yeah, how much more? And then you see and there's like, like a half hour 29 minutes. I'm like, wait, <laughs> what? Uh-oh. Well, so then it cuts to uh, Jin. And Jin still has the address of their new apartment that mm-hmm. Sachiko and her husband moved to. And so Jin is just kind of like, you know what, I I should just go check. Like, I, mm-hmm. I owe it to them. You know, I want to try and help out. Sure. And and he's, he's kind of having this moment of, you know, I really do need to be more honest with myself. You know, I care about these people. I care about the baby. I want to see this through. Well, yeah, now that he had that moment with his daughter... I think it all of a sudden mattered a lot more to him that they get 
this yeah. child back with their parents. Well, and I, and I think part of it too is he kind of wants to see something through. Because mm-hmm. everything else in his life, he ran away from. Yeah, he and wants so, to feel good about this one. And so he goes to the apartment and he knocks on the door. There's a bunch of garbage out in front. Mail is just stuffed everywhere. It's like Masato's place. Kinda, yeah. So he opens the door and it is just a sty. Garbage everywhere, unwashed dishes. And he even, like, kind of goes, Oh my God, it smells. Yeah. And he walks in, and the husband is there. Yeah. And gets startled, and he goes, Who are you? Don't hurt me. Like, I'll give you whatever you want. And Jin goes, Hey, man, what what the hell? Yeah. We have your daughter. And he goes, My daughter? And he goes, Yeah, the one that you and Sachiko had. We've been looking all over for you guys trying to return your child and he goes i don't i don't have a child yeah and jin goes what and he goes yeah my wife wanted to have a kid in hopes that it would bring us closer but miscarried right at birth and it was a stillborn right and so she stole a baby and when i found out about it i confronted her and then the baby disappeared and so you know i don't know and jin goes well still what the hell you knew if a baby was gone and and he goes yeah well I don't know what you want me to do, man. And Jin goes, hey, take it from someone. He doesn't say it, but he's like, take it from someone that's lost that. And throws the photos down of him and Sachiko being like very happy together. And the husband goes, huh. Yeah, like he looks at those photos and sees maybe a chance for redemption and and sees what could have been. Yeah, because he says, I have a lottery ticket. There's a chance I could could turn this all around. Right. And and, and, (laughs) because the husband gambles. Yes. That, That was true. And Jin goes, it's, you know, it's not what it's cracked up to be. Yeah, been you know, they, done that, buddy. He's like, this is what matters. And he, like, throws the photos on the table. And the husband goes, huh. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Wasn't the lottery, the winning number was, like, 1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1. This has never happened. Yeah. Holy shit. He's like, this is the first time it's ever <laughs> happened. And, and we find out who has that winning ticket. Uh, so, pretty much, Jin kind of realizing the gravity of this is like they're looking for the wrong person. Well, yeah, this is that's a huge... This is like one of the many plot twists in this yeah. movie, but that's like the main one where it switches from, okay, they've just returned the baby to what they believe is the rightful mother, but in fact they've returned it to the kidnapper. Yeah, and so Jin gets on a bike and takes off. And... And it's really cool because he makes a joke earlier in the movie when they're running around, like, trying to figure out, you know... I, I forget the context, but he's like, I'm not an action hero. Yeah. And, and so then he's on this bike, and he's cruising, and he finally catches up with Hana and Miyuki, and he goes, Sachiko's not the mom. And right. they're like... He's, like, huffing and puffing Oh, yeah, he's, he, like, can't get it out, and Hana and Miyuki are like, what are you... Or Hana goes, what are you doing here? We just returned the baby to the mom. And he just is like... <gasps> and then and then he finally gets his breath and he goes, Sachiko's not the mom. And Hana goes, what? And then they freak out. And yeah. then all of a sudden they go, what are we going to do? And then they hear the cries of multiple babies in the distance. And then they go, that's her. I know. And they And so they start running around all these side streets, following it purely just based on the... The, the sound of Kyoko's crying. This part's kind of cheesy. It is cheesy, but at the same time, like, they, you know, they know the cry. And that's how Hana finds Kyoko the, the second time. It's not like, 
it's not like shitty. But it's, it's kind of like the, come on. It's it of all of the coincidences that happen, this is the one where you yeah. kind of go, okay. And so <laughs> they run around town and they're trying to find you know Sachiko and they finally track her down and they're yeah. like give the baby back and they're they're running her down and she goes and she starts to panic and sees a, a truck making a delivery at a convenience store gets in the truck and just takes off and and so then Jin gets on the bike and goes after her and earlier in the movie they had this cab driver that Hana was kind of trying to schmooze and goes yeah yeah my ideal man is a is a is a cab driver a, a real good businessman and, <laughs> and he he would be super nice and and let me schmooze my way out of paying for my fare when I don't have enough. Right. As she's looking at her money and going, I don't have enough. And that driver goes, you know, don't call me again. Sure enough, they get in a random cab and it's that guy. And Hana goes, step on it. And he goes, what? Step on it. <laughs> and so then it turns into this chase where Jin on bike is keeping up with this truck and that has Sach- uh, Sachiko and the baby. With Hana and Miyuki right behind, and it's honestly a really cool chase. I, yeah, I I loved it because it's sure a little bit of like uh huh a bike is able to keep up, but uh, Jin is you know he goes to one side, tries to get in, and she she bumps him. Uh, then Jin grabs the side of the cab. Yeah, and the cab launches him forward, destroys the bike. Yeah, well, cause yeah that scene, Sachiko they're in a tunnel leans into Jin while on the bike and you're like, right. oh my god, she just dead. she yeah. just killed him. And then they come out of the tunnel and he is just It's like a spider. For dear life, just going, ha 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 And the the scene basically ends with the truck running into the bottom of this skyscraper building and Jin uh kind of gets thrown to the side. He's able to grab Kyoko out of the cab of the yeah, truck. Yeah, he gets thrashed but he protects the baby yeah he slams into this metal pole but he's unconscious just long enough for sachiko to grab it yeah and the the taxi driver crashes into the building too (laughs) but then miyuki takes off after uh sachiko and then hana checks on jin and and it's in that moment you're kind of like okay i i think they're they're still friends you know they don't it's not like she goes sorry for what i said but you can tell that when everything else is to the side, there's a genuine care there. Yeah. For this, you know, misfit kind of, you know, happenstance family, which is cool. Yeah, it is cool. And this final scene, I was just on the edge of my seat. Like, Sachiko's running up all of the stairs. Miyuki's running behind her, shedding layers, just trying to keep up. And Jin and Hana are wheezing, going... <laughs> I know. And... Then it finally gets to the point where the police are now on the building because uh, Hana, before they began the chase, told the guy who was making that convenience store delivery, and there was also a cop, she just stole a baby, you know, after her. So the cops have surrounded the building, it's turned into this big thing, and Sachiko's standing on the ledge of this snow-covered building, and Miyuki gets to the top and goes, don't do it! And they have this back and forth where Sachiko's like, don't come any closer. And Miyuki's like, hey, I get it. You wanted to have a family, you know? Yeah. But don't take that away from the kid. Like, there's still a chance. Like, you can still have a child. 
And Sachiko's like, no, it's over for me. I like I've after I've done this, I can't go back. You know, I can't do it. Yeah. And Miyuki's like, hey, take it from someone that really ruined the chance they have with their own family. You know, yeah. you, you don't have to have it end this way. And Jin and Hana get to the roof and Sachiko jumps. And Miyuki runs and is able to like hook her under yeah, the arms. I know, unbelievable. And is like, please, please just give me Kyoko. It doesn't have to end like this. Like, please. Right. Give me the baby. I'll take my arms out to drop you. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll grab the baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, because she sees a ledge and she goes, hand the baby to me and you can drop right to that ledge and you'll be fine. Yep. And then Sachi goes like, I can't, I can't do it. And then Miyuki starts to slip and right as she's about to, Jin grabs her. Yep. And, and then they're like, give us the baby, please. And then Sachiko drops the baby and yeah. Hana goes, no, jumps off the ledge, catches the baby, lands on this bottom snowy ledge, slips. And at this right. point, I'm like, please, no, don't die. Same. If both of them died, I would have just been like, <laughs> what was the point of this I movie? Know, it was a really dark movie. <laughs> and so Hana slips off, still holding Kyoko, and sees her life kind of flash before her eyes. And then a beam of white light drops because she, she falls on this banner, grabs yeah. it, and is falling quick. But then a gust of wind flies <laughs> through the city. Like cushions her. Cushions the banner and creates it like a slow fall. It's ridiculous. And Hana goes, you really, you really are <laughs> God's messenger. See, that, that was more believable to me than listening for the baby guys. <laughs> I mean, you're At not wrong. In the movie, you don't question... That this baby is a gift from God. No, that is a, a disciple, if anything. Yes. And so that that ends, and uh, Hana gives the final haiku, which is, on the year's last day, when all of life's accounts have been settled up. And it's just, ooh, a chef kiss moment. Yeah. So then it cuts to them at a hospital, and it's Hana, Jin, and Miyuki. And Jin is like, hey, Miyuki, get me a cigarette. And, and she goes, okay. And Hana goes, it's a non-smoking room. And he goes, right. I don't care. And then it cuts to two detectives talking to the family of the child that had been stolen. And they're like, yeah, you know, we were surprised it played out the way it did, but we're glad your baby's safe and sound. And they go, can we meet the people that saved her? Yeah. And the detective goes, well, there are three homeless people. And the, and the dad goes, oh, I don't care. They're going to be the, the kids' godfathers. And and I just thought that <laughs> that part was a little corny because it I was know. like an obvious title drop. Tok I know. Tokyo Godfathers. Well, at first when the movie starts, you're kind of like, well, it's called Tokyo Godfathers because like these three homeless people just found a baby. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, it's actually because they meet the real the Japanese mob godfather. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, no, it... It's actually because they find the parents. <laughs> so that so that happens, and uh, the end scene is the door's opened by the detective, and he goes, hey, guys, I just wanted to... And then he stops, and, and it cuts to Miyuki. Yeah. And she's looking, and it's her dad. Right. We and finally closed this loop. Yeah, and, and then the, the movie cuts to credits. Yeah. And... Well, you don't, you don't really need... Too much more on mm -hmm. that because you, you you understand that there's a just from the visual yeah. animation you understand that there's a mutual like 
it doesn't have to be difficult. Yeah. Like we can just pretend that never happened. Absolutely. I just want you back in my life kind of thing. And it's <laughs> the the moments that have led up to that meeting provide enough of a context that it would be believable if they saw each other, things would be resolved. Yeah. And and pretty much at the end of the movie, Jin, Hana, and Miyuki's arcs come to a close where, you know, Jin kinda finds the value in being honest with himself so he can make genuine change. Hana's burden of, you know, feeling like she had, you know, lost her family was absolved. Uh, and she also found a new family in the people she was on the streets with. Yeah. And Miyuki is is given kind of a a, a chance to reconcile with her father in a, in a way that felt authentic and that she really built up towards. Yeah. And no. just, just a real amazing movie. Like, this is very much a summary, but I think that this movie is phenomenal. It I, was just solid arcs. Yeah. Oh, the other thing that we at least I don't think we mentioned, is inside of the... Uh, the oh, that's right. The lottery ticket. Yes. So Jin... Uh, is, the old man's bag, right? Yeah, in the red bag the old man gave him, the the lottery numbers are being read, and he he's like, uh, whatever. And then he looks down and sees there's a lottery ticket in this red bag, and it matches up entirely. Yeah. So he just won the lottery... And it calls back to what the husband said. He's like, I have a lottery ticket. You know, I, I could turn this all around. Yeah. And sure enough, the one that did was Jin. The yeah. guy that, you know, started out the movie very much like not being true to himself, kind of right. lying about how he got to where he was and just wanted to be known as like, yeah, you know, it's just by happenstance I'm here. But, you know, now had a chance to really turn it around for himself, which was cool. Yeah. No, it, it was cool. Like, every character got their redemptive moment. Mm-hmm. Every character had their clean arc get finished. I mean, you know, with Jin, I think, like, everybody understands that feeling where he's a little bit insecure about his past, so he's yeah. come up with this fabricated story. Like, we've all been like that. Yeah, well, and, and, so, it, and it, it speaks to just this idea that we, I think people as a whole have a tough time admitting their shortcomings. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to say, hey bad things happened around me and that's why I'm here. Yeah. It's a lot tougher to admit like, hey, the decisions I made myself are what led to things right. things kind of not working out well. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I, you know, like I was saying, th- this does kind of wrap up. It's a kind of a nice, warm-hearted Christmas-type movie. Yeah. Even though it doesn't really feel like it's going to for most of the movie, mm-hmm. it does tighten it. Like it, it ends tight. Yeah, I mean everything works. Everything ties together nicely, and it's and it's just a very like. It's well paced, and honestly, I, I think just as a whole, the the premise is really cool, and the characters feel authentic enough that yeah, you never really question the validity of their motives. No, because you get enough insight into who they are as people that the growth they experience is earned. Yeah. Like, you know, like Hannah or Hannah, for example, she's like very much like woman power. Yeah. Which is so cool coming from a character that is trans. Yeah. In 2003. Yeah. And like, I realize I, I, I made note of it, but the language used, you know, kind of like you said, it's, 
it comes across in a playful way, even yeah. though maybe could have used different terminology. But in 2003, I mean, especially coming from Japan, having an openly trans character who is confident in who they are and is really yeah. kind of like... And I think that's what's cool, though, is Hana as a character. She's very confident, but has a lot of regret and guilt and is very, you know, hard on herself uh, on her actions that, you know, hurt those around her. And you see that when she's talking to the, the woman she calls mom. Yeah. You know, like, I really screwed up and, and, yeah. I, and I couldn't face you. And, and the mom goes, what? You, yeah. I didn't care. Yeah. You're fine. And, and it's just very cool to see that, you know, playing on that idea that there are people that put on a really strong front. Right. But deep down, struggle just as much as anyone else does. Yeah. Uh, and especially someone who is confident in who they are, wanting a place to belong and be accepted. And to potentially lose that, I can only imagine had to have been a really hard yeah. experience. Which makes it all the more just it's a it's kind of a tearjerker of a scene when when the the mother just kind of says what no yeah you know I, i'm here for you no matter what yeah just yeah, very exactly. cool she didn't even she never even thought twice about it yeah. yeah and and then to bounce off that to miyuki who you know really kind of felt like i have to be homeless because i did this like this is my my this is my crime and this is my punishment. I, I have to atone and this is how I'm going to atone. By being homeless because my dad doesn't deserve a daughter like me. Yeah. When in reality, kind of like you said earlier about the love of a parent is a really powerful thing and is a really impactful thing. And, you know, Hana kind of talks a lot about how important that is. And in her yelling at Jin saying like, you know, you had a family and, yeah. and has made remarks about that similarly to Miyuki. And Miyuki's like, yeah, but yeah, I don't, I don't need him. And it kind of followed Jin's method of like, yeah, I, I can't really talk about what I did, but yeah, I, I don't have a family anymore. When in reality was just kind of not being honest with herself that she could go back. She just was really embarrassed and yeah. And hard on herself, you know, for what happened. But. No, dude, I think that the the moral of this story is the love of how strong the love of family can be, whether it's blood or not. Yeah. And, you know, redemption and being yourself. Yeah. And also, like, the, the honesty or the power of being honest with yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and kind of like not allowing your pride to get in your own way. Yeah. Totally. Mainly, mainly with Jin, but also I feel like with Miyuki too a little bit. Um, not so much Hana, but I feel like those two really embody that arc. Maybe Jin more so than Miyuki, but mm -hmm. as a whole, just just a just a real feel good movie. I was yeah. balling, dude. When when the wind flew up and caught Hana, <laughs> I, I was just like. What's the baby? <laughs> and I just, I was just bawling my eyes out. It was a very beautiful scene. But I want to follow up on what happened to the Latino family. Yeah. Did they? He uh, he just command just committed murder, <laughs> and then they just leave that. <laughs> They'll never find him. Right. 
there's going to be a sequel that's just Colombians versus Japanese gang war. I'm sure there's a movie like that somewhere. Yeah. If you look hard enough. <laughs> Alien vs. Predator. <laughs> Future. Oh, God. AVP v. Colombian v. <laughs> CVJ. V. Yakuza. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. It's in yep. pre production right now. Yep. <laughs> so, what'd you think overall? What would you give it uh, out of 10 babies? Out of 10 babies? I was also thinking babies is probably <laughs> the way to go. You know. I would probably give this seven and a half babies. Okay. I thought this was good and good enough for me to watch a couple times and it, I didn't really get bored. I didn't love kind of the first mm -hmm. quarter of this movie. I, I did not really like... I got to like it towards the end, but I didn't really love the animation style in this. Really? I don't know why. Because uh, think... this, this movie is animated by a powerhouse studio by the name of Madhouse. I don't know why. I think it was just the... The shift from... Mostly Hannah, I think. I just didn't like some of the facial animations for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. My brain didn't like it that much. I mean, it, it was consistent all the way through. I don't think there was any moments that it just significantly was bad. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, story-wise, there's some things that I wanted to see better, like... Like we were talking about, uh, Hannah's uh, injury or illness that she had in the hospital. Mm -hmm. There's no explanation really that I could find given for why she's sick. But it's just clearly a device to get them to the hospital for Jin to meet uh, his daughter. Yeah. Where I felt like Miyuki and uh, you know Hannah's reunions were both really well earned. And this one felt a little bit more... I don't know. Not, yeah. Not forced, but it didn't seem like it had the same gusto that the other ones had. Okay. Uh, but, I, I, I mean, yeah, 7.5, I think it was good. Yeah, I, I would probably give it an 8.5. I, I, I would recommend it. Yeah. I would recommend that people watch it. Totally. Because it is heartwarming. It gets that good redemption. It's strong characters. This movie, they weren't afraid to make a, you know, dangerous movie. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, it's a, it's a pretty bold movie for what it has in it. Yes. Uh, but I, I think it's just a really cool film about, you know, family can kind of be anywhere. And and while the movie ends with kind of this more traditional ending of, like, they're reunited with what their true family looks like. Yeah. There still is a lot of comfort and care in the little trio of, you know, Jin, Hana, and Miyuki, which is cool. But I would yeah. absolutely recommend it, too. Uh, if, you, if you are listening to this and you haven't watched it. Go check it out, because I, I promise you, the watching of it is way different than hearing us kind of cover the story beats. Um, yeah, you... it's fun to, to see the twists and turns for yourself, because w there's a lot of there's a lot of little ones that, you know, we didn't even necessarily mention. I mean, there's so, the whole script keeps getting flipped on itself over and over again, and you kind of tumble with the characters yeah. through this story. Um, yeah, I, I would recommend people watch it, not even as a necessarily a Christmas time movie it yeah. could be anytime yeah you you could watch this whenever but i think it's fitting for the holidays yeah. because you know if if you're listening to this at home and you maybe aren't able to spend time with your family due to covid totally understandable if you maybe you know uh have a tough time around the holidays um maybe you can take a little bit of refuge in the fact that um maybe not by blood but there are people that can be that family that you know 
you maybe are hoping for. So yeah, amen to that. This is this has been a, a hero babble movie review Christmas uh, spectacular fifteen YouTube subscriber holiday special. <laughs> and uh, you know if if you're if you're still clocking in at the minute twenty three or hour and twenty three <laughs> minute mark, we salute you. We and, should do uh, this again and try to do it in a minute twenty three. That <laughs> that that could be a series. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, you know, ha- happy holidays, Merry Christmas uh, to you and yours. Uh, may it be filled with you know laughter, joy, and uh, some nice days off <laughs> uh, for those of you working out there. Um, and if you're not, I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let me ask you a quick bonus question yeah. for those that stuck around past minute twenty hour twenty three. Yeah. Uh, what's what would you say is like your favorite Christmas movie? Or like maybe one or two. Oh boy. Um, I know I'm putting you on the spot. I really like. Uh, I I know it's everyone's favorite, but Elf I think is really just. Yeah. It's it's a movie that I can watch every year and just still get like a good amount of enjoyment out of it. Yeah. Um. Outside of that, uh, I <laughs> I really like the original. Santa Claus movie with Tim Allen. Oh yeah, dude, those movies are good. That is that maybe not. I I mean I'm fine with the other two, but the I, fir- the first one is great. The third one with Martin Short is falls a little bit short for me. Oh, oh but hey. the fake Santa Claus in the second one, unreal. When 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 the little girl brings him the piping hot chocolate, <laughs> and the the guy's like drink drink it like he's motioning to drink it. And then he just guzzles this super hot, hot chocolate. And he's like, oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> and the little girl's like, oh, my God. Yeah, like she doesn't know it's Toy Santa. Yeah, but she's it's like, like 400 degrees. And okay. she goes, you want some more? And he goes, yeah, more cocoa. Yeah. Huh? Give me more cocoa. Uh, the Tim Allen one is, the first one is the really fir- good. The first one's top notch. When they're eating at Denny's because he burnt yeah. the Christmas turkey. Dude. <laughs> just... Well, Charlie being older, I know that plot-wise that might have seemed like a good idea. No. And they use the same actor. Yeah. But like... God bless. The Christmas stories are always better with, you know, someone... I mean, the whole point of the Santa Claus is the whole believe thing, too. Yeah. But I think those go better when you have a younger kid. Totally. Than like high school vandalism Charlie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like to spray paint my school gym, bitch. Yeah. Fuck oh. Christmas. I hate Santa, and my dad. Like, yeah, and uh, Tim Allen's like, fuck Christmas, I'm gonna fuck your principal. And then he's like, ah, oh, shit, man. You got me there, dude. <laughs> it's just crazy that she leaves a perfectly good principal job to be Mrs. Claus. But hey, you know, Santa, Santa's been down a lot of chimneys, so I'm sure he knows what good pipe looks like. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, hey, we, we didn't write it. We didn't write it. How about you? What's um, your What are your favorite like one or two? Thank you for asking. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't know if we were never gonna get to that. <laughs> you know, Fernie. Oh no. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I I think um, Polar Express is probably my favorite one. Ooh. I don't know why that movie has hit me in the feels since hot, I was hot. a kid. Oh, we got it. Hot, hot. hot. Oh, we got it. That's all. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then probably. Uh, uh, the Jim Carrey Grinch. Ooh. There are so many good quotes in that one that I love. Yeah. And so uh, all the Grinches are pretty good, but that one's my favorite. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm with you on that. 
Well, I guess to close out, just uh, once again, a reminder to you guys, you can reach us at herobabble at gmail.com. Yeah. You can also reach out to us on the YouTube comments. You can reach out to us on any of the streaming platforms. You can Facebook. leave comments, reviews. Yeah. Yeah, Facebook. And, I mean, honestly, we uh, we just really wanted to do this to, you know, for the sake of the holidays. We'll, we'll be back to our Hero Babble uh, episodes starting next week. Uh, and, you know... We'll, we'll be back to episode 10 and now we're in the double digits of, of I know, Genesis. I know. So we're getting closer to the, the home stretch here. I know we're right. We're almost halfway. Yeah. But our, our goal is to hopefully be wrapped up with that series. We'll, we'll probably be finishing early March. Yeah. And then, you know, we're, we're kind of going to spitball some, some ways to maybe, you know, see how we can cover future series in maybe shorter time or yeah. Anything like that. If you have any methods you want us to maybe consider, yeah, I was leave gonna a comment. Say, we're open to ideas. Yeah. But until then, uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays uh, from Michael. And Spencer. And uh, we are Hero Babble. Bye-bye. <laughs>